the Lead in Davis podcast. Today's guests are Amy Neal. Say hi. Hi. Brant Shaw. Hello. And Yvette Ashton. Hi there. Welcome. And we will uh, open our podcast by asking you some really personal questions that we hope will uh, probe the inner workings of your soul. <laughs> so to begin, uh, let's let's start with you, Amy. Okay. If you could choose one song that would play every time you walked into a room, what would it be? <laughs> um, I love the song "Do the Next Right Thing," which I know is not like glammy, but it's my it's my mantra song. Do the next right thing. Okay. Do you know who sings that? Yeah, I have no idea. It's on Frozen too. It's on Frozen too. Okay. I mean, it's Disney. Until just now, I thought you were just making up a song. No, okay, so that's real. good. It's a it's real on, song. It's in Frozen, okay. It's in Frozen. It's important for people to know where that comes from so they can listen. They need to. Brant, if you could choose one song that would play every time you walk into a room, what would it be? John Denver, Country Road. Oh. Oh, I could tell a story about that. That became a Christmas song. We ran out. We opened We sing Christmas songs in my house when we open presents, and uh, we ran out of Christmas songs, so my son started singing that. Now, every year for like the last 20 years, we sing Anyway, Country Road, awesome. Yvette, same question. I like Sugar by Maroon 5. Ooh, I like Sugar. Okay, awesome. Uh, Brant, I'll start with you. Hamburger or pizza? Hamburger. Amy? Pizza. Hamburger. Okay, excellent. Yvette, your favorite Christmas or birthday gift as a child? One of my friends, when I was in first grade, gave me a stuffed raccoon that was so soft, and I'll never forget that. I don't know why. It sticks with me. Awesome. Brant? Donkey Kong Country, Super Nintendo. Uh, I was probably nine years old. It was the greatest. I still play that game. Love that game. Oh, wow. Amy? Um, I remember my first CD player really vividly. It was pink, and I could carry it around. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yvette, if you could have dinner with anyone from any time in history who is not a relative or a religious figure, who would it be? Oprah. She's got wise advice. She's very smart. And she's a female in power. Awesome. And she happens to be alive, so that's handy. Amy? Yes. Mm, Similar. Michelle Obama. I just listened to her book, and I'm like, I want to meet that woman. She's amazing. Brand? I think I think technically a religious figure in some areas. Yeah, my my <laughs> wife loves Michelle Obama. Okay, so yeah, uh, probably I'd like to go back in time and and there's just some people from history that kind of wonder about them a little bit, like Andrew Jackson. Like, <laughs> are you really what the history books say you are? <laughs> like, so you don't have dinner with Andrew Jackson to ask him. Yeah. <laughs> are you really? Are you really what the history books say you are? Okay. Are you for real? Awesome. Awesome. But I, I do like that you had courage and went back in history to somebody. You have no idea what their personality's like, and you're going to spend an hour eating dinner. Okay. Awesome. Um, Amy. Yes. Which three words best describe you as a leader? Hmm. Um, I like to think that I am a connector. I like to think that I am a noticer and a problem solver. A connector, a noticer, and a problem solver. That's awesome. Brant, same question. Uh, I'm a listener. I, I think I'm a grinder. Just work through whatever problems in front of you until it gets done. Uh, and 
uh, I think I am a relationship. Nice. Although relationship builder is two words. Great. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. Okay. Hyphenated so it. a listener, a grinder and a relationship builder. Okay. Yvette, same question. So where I think I possess three top qualities for a leader are I'm very organized. I'm definitely interested and willing to create relationships and, um, I'm very dedicated in my professional development. Awesome. Is there a thread there, do you think, between the three of you? If you had to choose a thread? Relationships. Relationship. Relationship. Comes down to mostly people-focused traits. Excellent. Brant, who in your professional life, and this is, you know, you're going to talk about a person with this question. <laughs> who in your professional life do you most trust to give you honest feedback about your contributions and needed improvements at work? So there's two. Can, can, can we split it? Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I, I shall not to, accept. I have to pick one okay. and go. Yeah. Go uh, ahead. Dr. Lori Hawthorne. Um, she is just straight to the point. She tells you what needs to be done gives you the space to do those things. Uh, and if you met it, she lets you know. And if you haven't, she gives you opportunities to fix and repair those things. Uh, and Dr. or not Dr. Uh, Miss Deanne Kapitanov, uh, never have I met somebody who's just so genuinely invested in the development of her people uh, and supports them, listens to them, and, and leads them down their path. Everybody's chosen path. Awesome. Both, both principals, both now high school principals. Um, you worked under them in what capacity? Uh, I was a CTE coordinator and administrative intern for Ms. Kapitanov, and I was an assistant principal for Dr. Hawthorne. Awesome. Yvette, same question. Uh, in your professional life, who do you trust most to give you honest feedback about your contributions and needed improvements at work? So I've had nine principals. Um, so it's hard to pinpoint just one principle, but the one consistent leader that I've had that I rely on and get a lot of information from is Casey Layton. Um, he, you know, is, he doesn't sugarcoat it. He tells you how it is. And when you need advice, he, he gives it to you. Yep. I, I've, I've been warned by Casey before he gives me advice. Do you really want my advice? Because he's, yeah, he'll, he'll give it to you straight. Yes, he does. Excellent. Amy? Um, so I'm having kind of a hard time nailing it down. Um, an interesting one is Julie Hoth used to be an intern here in the district. She was an intern while I was still in the classroom. I learned a ton from her. She's home with kids right now and kind of has that nice outside. She's not in the game right now, but I can call her up and say, here's what I'm thinking. Where am I wrong? And she's really good at like telling me what I'm, what I'm missing. Um, another one is actually my mom. She's principal in rural Idaho has very different experience with less resources, more autonomy. It's a very different um, school situation, but she has a great level head on her shoulders to tell me when I'm missing the mark, when I need to, she's my mom and I have to listen to her. You know, I, I, I hear your answers and I, I think about um, what half of that equation is about your willingness to learn and to grow, right? And that's probably the most challenging things as, as administrators, when we're really thinking about evaluation and supervision through the lens of improvement, really trying to help somebody get better. Not because, hey, you're terrible for kids, but 
you're fine for kids or that maybe that's not even part of the equation, but this idea of we want to improve the system and it's so valuable to have people that want to improve. How have you guys kind of grown as a student in that way in your admin careers? I think, I think a large part of that, like, so at Deanne, uh, watching her interact with, with her people, she, she got to know uh, in that first year so many of her staff quickly and not just their names, what they teach and where their room number is. She was learning kids' names, career goals, uh, what interests them, uh, and she was just invested in the person. And so when you're looking at developing your next leaders or you're looking at helping them develop to, to meet their goals or, or to be professionally satisfied in their career, uh, she knew what they were looking for. And she was just invested in that because she built a, a strong relationship with them and wanted to see them grow. And so as I've, as I've now come over to Central, um, trying to get to know our staff, trying to get to know what their goals are, and that uh, it's been a priority. It's hard. It's much harder than I thought it would be. And there are some staff members that make it a little bit easier because, you know, they frequent the office a little bit more. You see they're coaching or they're the SBO advisor or, or whatnot. Um, I didn't realize how much work went into going out and finding those who are great educators, but they don't, they don't come out of their classroom and, and getting to know them. I mean, there's a real concerted effort involved there. Other thoughts about that idea? So you asked what um, has helped us want to grow and be better, right? What has helped us develop that capacity? Um, for me, a lot of it comes down to when I watch really transformational leaders. I'm working with Daryl Flukiger at Holt right now, and we're in the middle of what we hope is transformation, right? And watching that has, has made me see, like, where my gaps are and things I would never have thought to do and fill in some gaps that might be there. And I think that experience of just saying, oh, I have gaps, I acknowledge those gaps, and I want to be able to fill those and get a little bit better in those areas has been has been big for me. Yeah, we live in an in industry we, where we we tend to value perfectionism more than we should. You know, a lot of educators were A students and teacher's pets, and uh, I'm blessed that I wasn't. Uh, but we, we tend to want to please and we tend to want to get the gold star. And in an, in, in, a, in an industry that's built around students not quite being there um, and helping them get there, I think one of the challenges we face is um, accepting coaching and, and, and a commitment, an internal commitment to improve and accept that we're, we're, we're not always gold star, but we want to be. Okay, next, next question. <clears throat> Yvette, what is one of your personal professional goals that you have honed in on since our work on introspection in June? And, and to me, it would take a minute for me to think about this and, and kind of process this, this idea of, so I want to grow as a professional. That's why I'm in the lead in Davis Academy. And ideally, as you go through uh, and study one of, one of the attributes, you start reflecting about uh, how it impacts your career. Um, so that's really the question. Um, how, how have you honed in on one of the, one of the elements of this attribute? So for me is the of being vulnerable and being able to say things that are a little hard for me to maybe talk about and be able to get those out and then hearing what other people are 
what their um, perception is of that. So being vulnerable and being able to share some of those personal experiences and ask questions. Awesome. You have that a lot with, with in counseling, right? Where you're not, they're not going to share if, if, if you're not a, a vulnerable, reflective. Right. And I think that's a great attribute for leaders as well, for anybody as well, just to be vulnerable and be able to share some things so that it opens up people's minds more and they're, they're willing to share more with you or even do more. Awesome. Brant, what is one of your personal professional goals that you have honed in on since our work on introspection in June? I think it's real, I think it's real easy in, in the day-to-day life of school teachers and school administration um, to get caught up and, and just move from one thing to the next, boom, 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 and, and not to go backwards on them. Um, and so one of the things that I've enjoyed doing this, this last little bit um, couple nights a week, my wife and I will just run out and go grab a, a cookie or a drink from, from one of the local establishments and was kind of talk through the day together, what happened, um, what went right, what went wrong, how would you correct the wrongs, how could you improve the rights, um, and, and just take that minute to reflect on, you know, how did you handle individual situations and um, was there other opportunities or were there other ways to handle those situations differently and what would, what could have those outcomes look like and were those better or worse than, than where you're at right now? So that's been, that's been really gratifying for me over the last couple of weeks since school started. Sure. Amy? Um, I think one of my professional goals in the area of introspection has to do with being my healthiest internal self that I can be, getting my own mental health, my um, emotional health, my relationships to the healthiest place they can be. And that's, I mean, that's kind of painful work. That's sometimes therapy and, and, and working on things that I can't see about myself, talking to those trusted people about what are the gaps, where are some of those like over caretaking, codependency type tendencies that I think a lot of educators actually have, where we burn ourselves out taking care of everybody else and forget to take care of ourselves and set boundaries and do the things that we need to be to, do to be healthy. Uh, how important is reflection? And one of the things that as we built the lead in Davis Academy, uh, we tend to want the day to be very fast paced and we want, we want to fit a lot of things in and, and, the, and each day will feel like there's quite a bit of that. But um, we constantly remind ourselves, oh man, there's no peace for reflection, for sincere reflection. And we have busy jobs and, and we never know what the next day is going to bring. So I don't think we get enough self-reflection uh, to, to really analyze that. And I think that, I think that kind of spans across each of your answers, this idea of, of, of really looking at yourself and looking at your practice and thinking about improvement. Um, and what, and when, and we're, we're going to get back to that in, in just a minute, but in what is your personal project in one sentence, Brant? Yeah, that's. <laughs> What's the over under that Brant's going to give me more than one sentence? <laughs> I'm going to take the over. <laughs> Always take the over on that. Um, my one sentence on on my project would be um, building an environment that kids want to be in. Awesome. Yvette, in in one on. sentence. Okay. Mine is helping students realize their leadership potential and having the multiplier effect on others. Awesome. Amy? 
Uh, mine is cohesive, um, consistent SEL instruction throughout our building. Amy. Yes. Which introspection pattern, and at this point I'm supposed to hand you a card, uh, which introspection pattern has impacted your project the most and how? Hmm. Um, probably the one that says committed to make and sustain personal changes for the benefit of others. I, I think a lot of what my work with SEL has been structural, organizational, trying to get our school to where it needs to be, but I've had to work on it myself, work on it with my, my grown-ups first and get them to a healthy place where they can help kids better than they have. Because I think we've always done SEL at school, but we're, we're getting more um, honed in on it specifically. Awesome. Yvette? Mine's the same, the committed to make and sustain personal changes for the benefit of others. Um, can we talk about our project? Yeah, yeah. So my project is called Especially for Athletes, and it's a um, program that talks mostly to athletes um, and it hones in on their leadership abilities. And in turn, they take those leadership abilities to the, back to the rest of their team and share what they learned as leadership, and hopefully the other students also um, learn about leadership. Great. I mean, the athletes are in the building anyway, right? They're in a position where they're they're seen by the student body. They're uh, probably uh, something pretty powerful to tap into. Yep. Hopefully. Brent? So um, one of the things that, that became apparent last year is that we didn't have a great understanding of um, our chronic absenteeism rate at the school. Uh, we're, we're kind of positioned in a neighborhood um, there's a park across the street that's pretty wooded. We've got multiple elementary schools and high schools and a mall within walking distance. And so kids are showing up and then leaving and coming back. And, and so why are, you know, the kids that are missing 18 days per year is relatively low. The number of kids who are missing more than eight days worth of class periods is pretty high. And so my, my project is looking at the why. What, why are they missing? What are they missing out on? What, what's the reasons that they're leaving? And can we answer some of those through our strengths? And so, so the pattern would be the deliberate deliberate and reflecting on how to apply our strengths towards the fulfillment of the mission. How can we use the strengths of the teachers in the building? How can we use the strengths of all the professionals in the building to attract the kids back to combat the reason that they're leaving? Awesome. You need to open up some kiosks or <laughs> plant some trees. Um, excellent, excellent. And um, I think one of the things, you know, as I listen to your answers, you know, they're they're very student focused. And how do we how do we get at um, being the best for students? And I think it comes back to something Amy was talking about. Like, we'll we'll be our best um, if we're if we're making sure we're at our best, you know, if we're taking care of ourselves. And I think that's one of the challenges of our time, um, both with adults and with students, this, you know, call it anxiety or stress or, you know, the way we're interfacing with the world, but we're at an all time high in our country. And, and I think certainly we feel that in our district, the, the level of anxiety in our students and staff. So what are, what are some of the things that you've, that you, that you've already found through uh, your country wisdom or your experience uh, at doing the job that, that 
can address those things? Um, one of the things I just runs in the back of my head all the time is that a dysregulated adult cannot regulate a child. And at the elementary level, we have a lot of outwardly dysregulated kids. I think secondary kids are more inwardly dysregulated or they leave. <laughs> I mean, I think we see it differently. But um, that leads me to focus on my grownups. That if my grownups don't feel regulated, if they haven't had a lot of practice regulating. I actually had something happen this week where a, a new kindergarten teacher said, I just need to watch you do it a few times. She has a, a kindergartner who's just struggling being at school, and he really just needs somebody to hold his little hands and breathe with him. And she said, okay, I can do that. And, and she did it, and she came back, and she said, that actually felt pretty good for me too. Like she said, both of us co-regulating before we came in for the day was was pretty amazing, right? So I think as we build that skill set, and I know when we rolled SEL in our district, a lot of it was like, let's increase adult capacity because a lot of us weren't really taught that. A lot of us were taught to suck it up and <laughs> go to school, you know? So I think um, we have to build our adults before we can build our kids. I, sometimes it's kind of simultaneous, like it's a little bit lockstep, but I think we have to keep that focus as leaders that our grownups have to be okay too. Mm. And maybe starting with ourselves, right? Totally. Um, okay. Final question. And we're going to start with you, Brent. If you could give personal, professional advice to yourself five years ago, what would it be? Five years ago, I was at North Layton Junior High. Um, I'd been in the district for, I think I was going into my third year. Um, I, I, and... Uh, I'd made a goal that I, I really wanted to get to where I am right now in my career. Uh, and I made the decision that the only way I'm going to get there is just by working and putting myself out there and getting as many experiences as I, as I could. So the advice I'd give myself um, is continue to push, uh, set your goals, be a little more organized, <laughs> learn organizational skills much earlier than you did. Um, and, but at the same time, while you're doing all those things, make sure that you're cutting time out to spend time with those you care about. Um, you know, some of my, since COVID had a different effect for me than I think it did for a lot of people. I think I gained more friends in COVID than I lost. <laughs> um, you know, and so I've, I've really had to, I've thought a lot about those things. And, and there's, a, there's a little group of guys that I, that I run around with now that, uh, we've all got our own backstories and, and our thing is, uh, you know, friends of the family you pick and, uh, spend, make sure you spend time harvesting those relationships, uh, with your family and with your friends so that when you're away from the building, it's not all you're thinking about or doing. Amy, same question. If you could give per personal professional advice to yourself five years ago, what would it be? I've had a really interesting last five years. Um, five years ago, I was just a few years back into the classroom. I had kind of a, a first career in my 20s, and then I stayed home with kids and came back here in Davis. And so I was I was still kind of finding my footing as a teacher, and um, Amanda Keller was my principal, and she said, you're going you're gonna to be an administrator. I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> she said, yes, you are. And I we talked about it on and off, and she wasn't pushy, but she was saying, I, I believe this is a path you should be on. Um, so I think my professional advice, because it's been a, a wild five years since then, including that surprise baby who's three now. Um, but the advice I would probably give myself is that just that you're on the right track and that you need to um, 
I guess, believe in yourself. There's there's a better way to say it, but that the capacity is there. You just have to have to start the steps and grind through it. Um, but I've surprised myself a lot in the last few years, and I'm pretty proud of that. And I think there's a lot of people out there who have the capacity to surprise themselves in whatever way their career takes them, whether it's, you know, it doesn't need to be administration, it can be anything, but I think it's pretty powerful to surprise ourselves with our capacity. Awesome. Yvette. Okay. So five years ago, I was at Northridge High School. Um, and advice I would give myself then would have been, I was at Northridge for 14 years as a counselor, and I think it was a little bit too long. If myself could have told myself five years earlier to go, you know, change up, um, it would have been good advice. And the reason I say that is the last couple years I've went from Northridge to North Layton to Syracuse, and I've learned so much more. And um, I really wish I probably would have spread my wings a little sooner to stretch out just to learn more about more schools sooner. Awesome. And I, I think if there's a, for me, if there's a theme for the day, um, there are a couple themes, but one thing that comes to me is this idea of not being afraid of growth, right? Not um, to embrace it and to not shrink from it and that you can you can do more than you think you're capable of. And I think that message of, of, that really comes back to the multiplier effect, which is so central to the way I think about leadership, is this idea that you can really do more than what you think you can. And so can everyone else that you have influence over. And so the important part is using that influence to help them see their their greatness and their strengths. So, okay, well that is, uh, wraps up our time together. And it has been great to spend a few minutes talking to Amy, Neil, Brant Shaw, and Yvette Ashton. Thanks for being with us today on the Lead in Davis podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you. 